Good morning, Stone Village, and happy third Sunday of Advent. I hope that all of you are well and safe in this world. All is well in my world. The Lord be with you, and let us pray. God with us in this time set apart, in the quiet and stillness, may we draw near to you and to one another. May your word inspire our lives to act with courage and conviction to birth new possibilities of peace and mercy into the world. This we pray in the name of the Christ child. Amen. The reading today is from Matthew chapter 11. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense to me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Are you the one to come? Or are we to wait for another? So what's happened to John the Baptist? Last week, he was wearing camel hair couture and calling people vipers. He stood in the wilderness announcing the kingdom of heaven had already come near. He demanded we change our ways, repent and recalibrate our lives appropriately to the kingdom's coming. There was no question in his mind, doubt in his heart, or hesitation in his words. He wouldn't accept excuses or explanations. He wanted action. This week, however, John seems rather tame, quiet, almost gentle. He doesn't proclaim and he doesn't demand. There's no name calling. The wilderness expanse has given way to the confines of a prison cell. The prophet with a voice is now a prisoner with a question. Are you the one or is it someone else? Despite his question, John still believes. He still expects the one who is more powerful to come. But how will he know? How will we know. Understand his question is not one of doubt, despair, disillusionment, or disappointment, nor a lack of belief, but a lack of recognition. Recognition is the middle ground, the bridge between a prophet's voice and a prisoner's question. John's question is the same question with which we often wrestle. How do we recognize the one who is more powerful than us? What does God's Messiah look like in the midst of our lives? How do we recognize the kingdom of heaven coming near to us? What does the kingdom look like in the circumstances of our daily lives? Throughout Advent, the message to us has been to prepare, be watchful, Stay awake, repent, get ready. Someone's coming. The kingdom is here. 
So what or who exactly are we looking for? This is John's question, and it's ours too. Will it have a name tag? Will it come wrapped with a bow? Will it be accompanied by a host of angelic angels and yuletide chorus? Who or what exactly are we looking for? And how will we know when it arrives? I believe beneath John's question is a longing, a longing to know self, to be fully alive, to be made whole, to be complete, to live with meaning and significance. It is not about getting the right answer, but about living the right relationship with self, with other, and with God. What does this look like in your life's circumstances, in mine, in John the Baptist? I doubt there is one single correct answer. And maybe that's why Jesus does not directly answer John's question. Jesus does not say to John, yes, I am the one. John will have to decide that for himself. So do we. As you know, Jesus rarely, in fact, never, provides a direct answer. More often than not, he answers a question with another question. What do you see and hear? He asked. Look around. Pay attention. Watch. Listen. Jesus, of course, is not denying us anything. He just won't let himself be categorized or localized. The one who is more powerful cannot be confined or limited by time and space. Understand the Messiah brings life, not an answer to questions. So instead of giving John a yes or no answer, Jesus describes what to look for, how to recognize the kingdom, how to identify the coming of the one who is more powerful. The kingdom, the one who is more powerful, the Messiah, comes to us in ways unique and particular to our life and needs. For the blind, the kingdom comes as sight, for the lame as walking, for lepers as cleansing, for the deaf as hearing, for the dead as raising, and for the poor as good news. These are descriptions, understand, not limitations or definitions. While there is one kingdom and one Messiah, it comes to us in multiple and varied ways, according to our circumstances. This means the kingdom and the one whom John announced comes to us in ways that are tangible, practical, and relevant to our individual lives. If they don't, what difference does it make that they come at all? Who cares if the kingdom has come near, but it does not affect one's life? It does a blind man no good to tell him the kingdom is coming to you 
and it's all about seeing. The kingdom is meaningless to a lame person if it is all about movement. So perhaps we should stop looking for the Messiah, the one, as if there was only one way, one answer, one expression of God's, God's life and presence among us. Instead, let's start looking for the places in our lives to which Jesus says the kingdom is coming. Let's look for the work Jesus describes happening, new life arising, hope and encouragement being given, and healing taking place. And so, what do you hear and see? Look around, pay attention, watch, listen. Have you ever had new insights into your life? Discovered beauty in a place or person you thought impossible? Seen new opportunities and possibilities for your life? Then you know the blind receive sight and the kingdom of heaven has come near. Have you ever felt yourself disabled by grief and loss? depression or addiction to the point you couldn't move. You feel as if you can't go on. Then one day something happens. You take a step and another and another. It may be slow, but you, you are moving. And you can see change and progress. The lame walk in the kingdom of heaven has come near. Remember those times when you couldn't get comfortable in your own skin. Maybe it was shame or guilt. It seemed as if everyone saw it and pointed it out. You had no place of belonging. Then, one day, you experienced forgiveness. And you discovered the original beauty of your creation. You accepted you were acceptable. If you know what that's like, then you know lepers are cleansed and the kingdom of heaven has come near. Have you ever heard a new truth about your life? The soft voice of love or the silence that speaks of intimacy and presence? Have you heard a cry for justice or help and responded with prayer, action, compassion? Then you know the deaf hear and the kingdom has come near. And what about those times in your life when it seems a part of you has died? Maybe it is a relationship, a dream, or a loved one. You feel incomplete, numb, broken. Something is missing. One day you sense, though, a new vitality. There is energy and enthusiasm. Life, though changed and different, has returned. In those times, the dead are raised and the kingdom of heaven has come near. Sometimes it seems as if we have nothing left to give. 
we are empty. There are no resources or reserves. We cannot do it on, on our own. And we face our own poverty. We are poor and in need of good news. And someone speaks a word of hope, encouragement, or love. Those are words of good news, revealing the kingdom of heaven has come near. These and so many more are the moments of our life when we recognize the coming one, when we see and know the kingdom of heaven has already come near to us, brushed against us, and changed us. These are the moments of our anointing, an invitation to share in the life and the work of the Messiah, to participate in the kingdom of heaven, to take our place as members of the body of Christ. They are moments of recognition. We recognize Jesus, the one who is to come, and in him we recognize our full potential. So tell me, what do you see and hear? Look at your life and recognize the one who is to come. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give thanks to God for each of you, and I pray this day you bear witness to the love of God in this world. Bear witness to the love of God for those to whom love is a stranger. They will find in you a generous and loving friend. In the name of Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, I love you, stoners. I hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, as a reminder, on Wednesday, December 14th at 6.30, we, we will be packing lunches for the homeless as well as wrapping gifts um, for uh, those who live in the margins, ensuring that they have a meaningful, meaningful uh, Christmas. Uh, so uh, put that on your calendar and join us if you are able at 6.30 at the church. Uh, again, have a great day. I'll see you soon. Bye.